0: Welcome to lucky episode number seven of the disruptive social skills podcast by Life Confidence, where we focus on melting away shyness and social anxiety, building skyscraper confidence and developing cloud bursting social skills. I'm your host, Richard Gray. And today's topic is the five blind spots of a bad conversationalist. So having a well-developed set of social skills It's like being able to play an instrument. But if you're self-taught, like most of us are, sometimes the only way to move forward is to first go back and burn your bad habits. Just like when I was very young and one of the teachers started up a guitar class in school and I joined that class for probably a year or more. And then later on, my parents got me a world-class guitar teacher And before I could move forward with him, first, he had to break me of all my bad habits with the guitar. So, when it comes to conversations, what makes a bad conversationalist? And what are the bad habits? Well, we've all been stuck with a conversation partner who is droning away, adrift in the memory images of his story or her story, seemingly oblivious that our brain cells are committing suicide. Either you don't have any particular interest in what they're saying, you can't identify with it, or the speaker forgot to give us some context. You would like at the very least to ask a question, but they're just not stopping for breath. I've just described my experience of an older work colleague, the type of person who would frequently launch into rambling stories without first setting the scene. A bit like reading a book without the benefit of the synopsis. This person was hitting number four on the following five blind spots of what makes a bad conversationalist. And I'll always say this, a good or a real conversation takes place on a level playing field. So becoming aware of our faults will provide a small but immediate improvement to our social skills purely for having recognised them and raised them into our conscious awareness. Going forward, we can then work to turn our blind spots into shining points of light in our personality. Now we have set the scene that improving our conversation skills is not always about learning new techniques, but how to improve the existing ones. So, We'll take a 360-degree look at a regular conversation and highlight the five typical blind spots one or both parties may be guilty of. Number one, being guarded. During the introductions and initial exchange, a guarded person only gives the most basic personal information. There could be multiple reasons for this. I don't know, they may be in a negotiation-type conversation. You may not trust people until you get to know them. You may be insecure about yourself and the type of work you do, hence you don't like to talk about it. What this first blind spot comes down to is primarily a lack of trust in either yourself or your conversational partners. This will almost definitely be due to bad previous experiences. But to turn them into life lessons, where the lesson is that all new people cannot be trusted, will limit all future interactions. Like the Buddha may have once said, holding on to anger or trust issues is like holding a hot coal with the intention of throwing it at somebody. But you are the only one that gets burnt. Number two, superficial. This one is very pertinent for people with a lack of conversational experience and confidence. This may have arisen from a background of shyness and social anxiety, the biggest handicap of which is a self-limiting, stunted social life. Small talk or introductory talk starts with the superficial, i.e. the good old weather or something in your environment, If you're one of those many people who hate small talk, it may be because your conversations never go any further than that. When someone comments on a shared interest or something trivial in the environment, the blind spot is not that you or they are asking boring questions. The blind spot is taking that icebreaker to be the main subject of conversation. For example, at a dinner party, wedding reception, or a seminar, someone asks how you know the host, the speaker, the bride. is a great question, by the way. But it leads to an exchange that gets stuck in a loop about that person, and it doesn't grow. When somebody opens with a superficial comment, what they're really saying to you is that they're open for a conversation. That's the only purpose of that opening gambit, nothing more. Number three, quiet. When someone raises a new topic, you may feel like you need to make a critical or a brilliant comment on it. This is why you sometimes see sparkling, or more likely, really vitriolic online debates and comment threads sparked by a controversial article. The participants in such exchanges have time to think about their responses, maybe even research them, before firing their humdinger back into the internet conversation. This is one reason why texting became so popular. (laughs) Not so people could unleash their darker side, but because you can give interesting replies in a way you can't in real-time conversation. So, when the motor skills of the brain don't work fast enough to come up with a great reply, the blind spot is to play it safe by saying silent. The irony, of course, is that your silence is more boring than a boring reply. Number four, self-involved. The self-involved person brings a very contrasting experience to the conversational table than the quiet person but usually no less boring. Most of us have that one trigger interest or soapbox cause that can set us off. Others just seem to have a million stories or opinions, just wasting to, wasting, waiting to burst out of them. And it's a wonderful thing to have such a fertile mind and lots of material. Unfortunately, that material can be a bit like a theme park for the self-motivated or self-involved person to get lost in. And because their stories and opinions are so entertaining and important, at least to them, they think it must be to you too. And as a bonus, they must also be an excellent conversationalist because they can talk so much. The blind spots here Or not being able to tell a story without excessive padding, repetition or an initial hook of interest. Or then there's not being socially intelligent enough to tell when you're losing the other person's attention. And then there's not waiting for permission to launch into the story in the first place. This latter may be okay with a friend But with a new person, you can let it be known you have a story or a strong opinion. Then allow them to provide the prompt, i.e., oh, tell me more about that. Okay, number five, negative energy. This comes in three levels of N. That's negative, neutral and nothing. Negative energy can just be a one-off moan or you just need to get something off your chest. Friends, of course, will accommodate these valve releases, but it's not for a new person. Stepping it up, negative energy can also come in the form of gossip, which is used for bonding, but gossip is often negative-centric and will ultimately leave a bad taste. When negativity becomes a habitual way of thinking, your mind has now become conditioned to looking for the negative slant on any new situation or information. Somebody announces an achievement on the internet, perhaps, and you marginalise it. For example, big deal, anybody could have done that with a little practice. Or, they probably did something bad to achieve that status. Or, why are they telling everybody? How boring. Human beings are hopeful and aspirational by nature, And when it turns negative, it's usually because of a personal failure and jealousy at the success of others. People want and crave to be inspired by and to associate with the aspirational people, not to have their energy drained by the negative people, who themselves are craving a twisted kind of sympathy instead. Neutral energy is shaped by insecurity and lack of worth, wrapped up in self-doubt. This makes a person bland, with thoughts like, I haven't had any interest in life experiences, formed any strong opinions, committed to any cause, developed any passions, or formed any strong beliefs. The opinions I have are borrowed from others. They sound good, but they and not formed out of my own experiences. If I voice them in conversation and get challenged, I won't be able to support my position. I don't want to be made to feel small or exposed as stupid, so I'll keep these opinions to myself and just be agreeable with the opinions of others. The bland person just needs to move up one level on the assertiveness scale to bring that inner voice out. Nothing energy is the absence of passion. If you haven't found your niche in life, if you haven't found any hobbies, activities or people to get passionate about, then no passion will shine through into your words. A lack of passion or spark of interest translates into a monotone speaking voice, speaking volume, eye contact and general body language. So people, as I say, are inspired by people who are passionate about what they're talking about. Just as they will feel good in the company of a positive person, they will feel bored in the company of a negative person. Once their empathy has been drained, it might be easy to get lost in the fine balancing act of what and who you need to become in order not to be boring. So the reality check here, is that everybody is boring to somebody, some of the time. The charismatic social butterfly that charms everyone all the time is just a myth, with maybe the possible exception of George Clooney. I don't know. He's not called lately. But it's a common thing that people in the public eye, who are charismatic and funny for a living, are bores in private. I don't know this personally, but that's anecdotal evidence from themselves. So there is no definite benchmark we should all be striving for, reaching out for, merely more of a self awareness and a healthy 10% improvement to our social skills. Thanks for listening. This has been the Disruptive Social Skills Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify. Google Podcasts or anywhere that all good podcasts can be found so you don't miss the next episode. To find out more about Life Confidence World exclusive programs such as the Social and Emotional Intelligence Masterclass or the Small Talk Master Keys program, visit lifeconfident.com. Thanks for listening. I've been Richard Gray and you've been amazing.